from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio at the Gas South Convention Center in Duluth, Georgia. Welcome to Celebrating Powerhouse Women, proudly presented by NEMA and Sourced. And welcome back, friends, to another episode of Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, and as you know, this is the series that salutes and recognizes women leaders making an impact. I am so excited to share with you our guest today, who is an absolute example of someone making an impact in this community. I am joined by Claire Dees, who is the Executive Director and Co-Founder of Spectrum Autism Support Group. Welcome, Claire. Thank you. What an honor to be here. I am very excited to have you on the show. You have so much to offer, not only our community, but our listeners as well. So we were kind of chatting before the show and had a laugh about the confusion often uh, with the title of your organization. So for those of you listening, Spectrum Autism Support Group is a local nonprofit organization providing support and education as well as resources for individuals and families impacted by autism. And I'll let Claire kind of unpack that and share with us the story of it coming to life with you and your co-founder. Okay, so 25 years ago, we started Spectrum. I had a son with autism, very involved with the school system because he had a lot of challenges. So a single mom came to Gwinnett County Schools and said, I need a support group. Why is there not a support group here? The director of the program at the time and I were really good friends. She said, you know what, I think that's a great idea that there should be a support group, but I don't think the school system should run a support group. I think parents should. But I'd be willing to help you offering a space and sending out notifications to the school, um, to the students, so their families know about it. And the mom said, I'm a single mom. There's no way I could do this by myself. And she said, I know a mom that might be willing to help you. So she got us together. We had lunch, and she literally had a business plan a notebook on how to start a support group. And my background is business administration, so that was impressive to me. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think I could help you. My son is 10. I feel like I'm at a point in my journey that I can give back and help others and uh, give a little more meaning to his life and mine. And so I'm willing to help you. I can do the behind the scenes stuff. I can help with newsletters and getting the word out and recruiting refreshments and name tags. Just don't put me up in front of people to speak and I'll be good. So uh, our very first meeting, we had over 100 people show up. So no doubt there was need for support in our community. And so that's how we started. Um, we started with monthly meetings with educational topics to help families. Um, people wanted things like after-school programs, respite, summer programs. They wanted more than just a support group. And I said, we're just a couple parents trying to make a difference here. But in my mind, I kept thinking, if there's a way to make those things happen, maybe we could provide those resources and figure out how to raise some money. So um, the other mom moved on to other things, and I kept the group going. I start, um, applied to become a 501c3, uh, so we incorporated, and then we were able to start raising money. And I have to give a big shout-out to the Sugarloaf Country Club. The women's club there actually chose us as one of their charities one year and donated $45,000 in 2004, and that really helped us get our camp program started and really gave us the money we needed to get things rolling. And so now um, we provide so much more than just a support group. We do camps and clubs and respite. We do family events. We do social skills groups and a lot of community education and training and um, really impact probably at least 2,000 individuals with autism in our community yes. now uh, and, their, and their family members as well. So it's kind of exciting to see where we've come. I did not have the vision for this at all at the time. Um, I just ran with it and um, 
always trying to fill in the gaps in supports and services and what's needed. So. Congratulations on your, your success. 25 years. I can imagine how much it's metamorphosized over the years. Uh, that's astonishing that you cater to 2,000 um, people. Tell me about your background and how that kind of helps you fulfill your responsibility in um, the world of Spectrum. Okay. Um, well, even as a child, a teenager, my family was very involved in community service and outreach. So I kind of developed a volunteer disorder where I wanted to volunteer every day of the week after school. And um, so in my raising in my family, it was a big thing to give back in your community. So that was kind of a pattern of life for me already. So I had been dragging my children uh, to visit elderly and things like that. And then when I had a child with autism, um, obviously I got a little more involved in the autism community. And I did learn um, so much about uh, advocacy and resources and realize I had really a responsibility to share that with others and to help them on the journey as well and to connect people. Um, so I feel like connecting with others, networking is so powerful mm -hmm. and our families become very isolated often socially in particular. So we started off with those social events. I love event planning still um, and doing that, but to be able to use my business administration background, I think has helped me a lot in running the organization. You graduated uh, with your BA from a Presbyterian college. Tell me what your experience in college was like. Well, so when I first went to college, I chose Presbyterian College because they had a focus on volunteer service. Uh -huh. And um, originally thought I would go into interior design. Um, at the time when I was in college, business was a big thing for women getting into business. And I realized for a career that might make more sense for me. And that's my more my natural gifting is around administrative skills. So um, that's what I chose for my major. But I volunteered as many places as I could with foster children, with elderly. Um, when we were in college, my husband still talks about how I drug him around to volunteer, <laughs> and I still do that with him. Um, but that was an important part of my college experience and leadership, mm -hmm. um, to be able to take lead in different clubs. And um, we were in the CIA, Christians in Action, <laughs> and um, we did a lot of volunteer work through that organization as well. And so um, some of those friends we are still friends with today, too, that we partnered with and volunteered with. It just shows how that bonds you with people when you're serving together. So I love working um, currently with young people, students, and uh, we use a lot of volunteers in what we do. So volunteer management is a big part of my job still. For those listening that might be moved to volunteer or support, um, where can they learn more about doing so? So you can go to our website. It's spectrumautism.org. And we have um, a little link on the contact us page where you can contact me directly or you can actually click I'd like to volunteer. And there are all kinds of opportunities, opportunities for volunteers to sign up for to let us know what might fit for you. If it's an event you want to volunteer at, if we had a Girl Scout troop last week, wanted mm -hmm. to just assemble things. So they assembled party favors for our holiday tea. Mm -hmm. And then um, people may want to come do landscape work at our property or help garden, help paint. Um, or help at a family events, Georgia Race for Autism, or holiday parties and things like that. So we have lots of opportunities, and I'm probably going to be hiring someone in 2024 as an administrative assistant and volunteer coordinator, so we'll really get that rolling out more in the next year. Where's your brick and mortar located? So we just bought our first ever building. We've been using churches for 25 years, so we bought the old Duluth Montessori School in downtown Duluth. So we're at 2997 Main Street, Duluth, and we have a whole block. So we have three buildings there, and it's been very exciting to have our own space. And 
already expanding our programs and have the ability to share our space as well. So if people are looking for a place to host a meeting or do some small events, we'll be looking at how to rent out a little space as well. Very nice. Creating some extra revenue there Absolutely. for you. Yes. Well, Claire, I'm curious. Um, you mentioned your husband and you mentioned your family briefly. So take me back. Where did you go to school and you and your husband went to school together? Yes. Okay. So we met, we met in college, Presbyterian College in Clinton, South Carolina. And um, we married in 1980. So we've been married 43 years, three children. Um, I grew up in Macon, Georgia. That was my home. I always say I'm a Georgia girl with Mississippi roots. I was born in Mississippi, but have lived most of my life in Georgia. But my husband was from Atlanta, so we've been in Gwinnett County for 43 years. Three children, um, a daughter, and then two sons. And my third child was the one with autism. Um, Blake died of a sudden heart attack at the age of 23, 12 years ago. And I say, because of Blake is why I continue to do what I do. It's now his legacy that I continue this work. But when I look at that space where we are now, I think if it wasn't for me having that child with autism for Blake, I would never have been involved starting a support group and never have this facility or be serving all these people. So it shows that his life had quite a bit of meaning. And still does. Still does. Yes. I love how you said the legacy. Now, speaking of keeping that legacy going, have you thought about what the next um, three, five to 10 for the organization might look like? So, um, like I said before, I was not the one with the vision. So it stretches me to think far ahead. So 19 years I ran this organization as a volunteer. And um, after my son passed away, I ended up taking a full-time job and realized that this was a full-time job as well and that to continue doing it well Our organization needed a strategic plan. We needed an executive director, and that I should have done it far before that, but it may not be me. They may pick someone else, right? So we went through that process, and so we've done, we're on our third strategic plan now. We went from $125,000 budget seven years ago now to over a million dollar budget. So it's exciting to think that we could do that. I do not take the credit. It's like to God be the glory because I don't know that I even knew what I was doing, but I figure it out as I go. So looking to the future, we would love to expand more. Um, We are subletting two of those buildings, and our goal would be to eventually have all three of them operating at an after-school program. There's a huge need for an after-school program in Gwinnett County, and that might be one of the next things. Um, As I write grants, I do a lot of grant writing and fundraising. I always have the next idea of what we can do. So a parent's night out. Um, will be something we start in 2024 so parents can have a night out. This year we have started Mocha Matters. It's a virtual support group for persons of color, and it reaches beyond the metro area and even beyond our state. And we have another virtual program for people that speak Spanish, Adelante Autismo. And we um, do a lot with our um, families that don't speak English. We have Korean families as well, so our materials are in Korean, Spanish, and English. And we have a group for neurodiverse partners. And that is a support group that is virtual that has a worldwide reach. We reach, I can't even tell you how many people total, but over 100 people a month register for these meetings per session. We do two sessions a month. People from the Netherlands, from South Africa, from Australia are on these meetings. They're in a relationship with the person on the spectrum. And maybe they just figured it out. Maybe they're not even diagnosed yet, but they are struggling with their relationship and and life with um, someone who has some unique needs. Mm -hmm. And maybe they feel like they're a caregiver or a caretaker for that spouse. And quite a challenging life. COVID really brought that more to the forefront, I thought. So um, that's one of my most exciting things that we've added. And it didn't even require a brick and mortar space to do that. 
Well, I tip my hat to you for identifying these different areas of need, because especially while we're here in Gwinnett, it's one of the most diverse counties. So offering different even language, um, you know, resources is something that's just mind blowing. And the fact that you have people from all over the world means you've done a very good job of raising awareness about the organization so that they could find you guys and participate. I will say social media is amazing um, for people and the internet for people to be able to find you. When I say, how did you find us? They just did an internet search or we saw you out there. There are probably over 20,000 people with autism in Gwinnett County. So um, one of our goals is how do we reach the people right here in our own community Mm -hmm. too? So trying to figure out how to get the word out more. I will say having our own space has given us a lot more credibility and visibility. So people see the sign. And they just pull in now. They pull in, walk in. I have a grandchild with autism or Mm -hmm. I think my child has autism. You know, what do you offer? And so that's a bonus. I didn't even realize that how much that would mean to have a space and a sign like we have. So People walking in. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'd like to go back to something that you mentioned earlier, and that was um, talking about leadership. And that's something that you obviously uh, exude is leadership qualities. And I'm curious, Claire, what are some characteristics that make up a good leader? to you? Um, I think being transparent, being real, um, definitely integrity. I think having integrity is super important as a a leader and just compat in my field, compassion and love for others. Um, and I realize I don't know it all that I need to ask others and have mentors. And I love bonding and partnering with other nonprofit leaders in our community and spending time with them and bouncing ideas off of them and realizing that I don't know it all. So I might need help. When I did my capital campaign, we raised over a million dollars last year. And everybody like, oh my gosh, how did you do that? Like, I don't know. I didn't even know what I was doing. I did it totally backwards, not even the way other people would say to do it. But somehow God gave us favor and we raised the money to pay off our building in one year. Wow. That's remarkable. Capital campaigns are something that I'm just learning about um, through through Family Promise as I participate with them. So um, that's amazing that you guys reached your goal and now you have your brick and mortar. Yeah, well, I had to ask others for help. So I do think um, being a good leader, part of that is knowing who to ask and how to ask others to support what you need as well, not thinking you can do it all. Absolutely. Yeah. Who is a leader that you admire? Mm. Um, it can be a real life or it can be like, you know, somebody like, local. like John Maxwell or Andy Stanley, oh, anybody, John Maxwell. both, <laughs> it can be, it can be far away and, uh, local. Actually, I love listening to leaders like John Maxwell. One of my favorite quotes is one of his quotes is I want to make a difference doing something that makes a difference at a time that makes a difference with people that make a difference. I'm the uh, president of the Duluth Civitan Club, and I always start my annual year report off with, this is what we want to do. We want to make a difference, Mm -hmm. right, in our community. Um, But um, I just heard a talk yesterday from Arthur Brooks, and he was talking about, you know, social connections are so important, right, for happiness in life, but what is the secret to happiness in life? And that was so helpful for me to hear someone else's perspective. I think I know a lot about happiness, but I realized there was a whole different angle to lifetime of happiness. So um, I think listening to podcasts and leaders like that really makes a difference in um, that. But local, we have a lot of great local leaders as well. So I love bonding and partnering with them. Yeah. Claire, when we come back from our break, I'd like to dive into what you just mentioned, and that was social connections. And we'll be right back. 
NEMA is a full-service logistics company that provides trucking, warehousing, and expedited deliveries for the paper machine clothing industry. They offer a full line of services, including delivery within the 48 contiguous states, Canada and Mexico, plus importing and exporting, air freight forwarding services, foreign trade zone warehousing, and many more services to handle your global logistics needs. NEMA is a proud sponsor of the Celebrating Powerhouse Women podcast series. We know running a business is hard. There are so many things that need to get done and you don't have the time, the resources, the experience, or you just don't want to do it yourself. At Sourced, we have your back. Office. We support leaders of companies with all their back office challenges that weigh them down. Whether it's accounting, talent acquisition, administrative support, marketing or human resources, our team of experts at Sourced will make your life easy and your back office effortless. To see how we can help you, check us out at GetSourced.com. All right, and we're back, folks, on Celebrating Powerhouse Women. I am your host, Amanda Pierce Marmalejo, joined in studio by Claire Dees today. And before the break, we were talking about social connections and the importance of maybe your tribe and community, all of those fun sizzle things. My question to you, Claire, is two-part. So first of all, I'd like for you to talk about social connections personally and the importance that they play, not only for you being able to crank the wheel of your organization, but for you personally and personal development, as well as the importance to tying in the community to your organization. Okay. I love this topic because I think... um I think I alluded to earlier that social connections are one of the markers for happiness in life. Um, a lot of times people with autism don't have social connections. They don't have friends. And I say, who cares if your friend has autism if you have a friend? I think everybody needs a friend, not just acquaintances, but actual friends. So our focus on all of our programs is social skills and social opportunities. But our families become very isolated as well. And then they lack those social connections. So connecting people, you learn so much from other parents, you learn more from other parents living this life than you do any professional. And they know the best resources that they're using to share with others. So we find that our family events are our most well attended events. We have over 250 people at all of our social events. Um, We do fishing days, we do holiday parties, we do pool parties, um, mom's day out, dad's day outs, and People can come to a judgment-free event where nobody cares if your child is screeching or flapping their hands. Mm -hmm. Everybody's living this life together, and people can just have a good time. Mm -hmm. Our holiday party, some people, that's their only holiday party they get to go to Mm -hmm. because they're not invited to parties like other people, maybe because of their child's behaviors or whatever. So it means so much for them to be connected to others. We do a family camp event, and I get so excited to see those families connect for a whole weekend Mm -hmm. and know that other people are living like this too. And it just gives them a little hope. Um, for the journey to see people with older children and what their children are doing and that kind of thing. But for me personally, um, my social connections mean a lot for me just to keep balance in my life. Um, I'm in a book club or two. You know, I have Bible study groups. So I'm in, I have to keep balance. I can't make it all my life about autism, which I can become quite obsessed. I'm quite passionate about what I do. And it is my passion and my purpose. So I live it 24-7. So I have to make sure I make time to get together with friends. When people say, Claire, you're so busy. I can't ever get with you. I'm like, that is my wake up call. I cannot be too busy for my friends. And I need to make sure I make time for my own social connections. I did have a triple bypass surgery this year. Um, Not expected. It was, um, I just went to get a calcium score scan. I had heard about it in my book club. 
I'm overweight. I have high cholesterol. I have some family history. And I thought, I might should get that test done. They said, for $99, you can get it done. Your insurance doesn't cover it. I asked my doctor, can I have this test? She said, why would you think you need this test? Do you have any symptoms? And I said, no, I don't have any symptoms. But I want to be sure that I'm okay, and maybe I need to be exercising more or eating better. So I just want to know um, if I have plaque in my arteries. So I did go and have the test done. I had a very high score. They called me back and said, you have a high score, so we want you to go on and have the stress test done. I did the nuclear stress test, and I had abnormal results. So then they wanted me to have the heart cath with the dye run through, and they said, we don't really expect to find anything because you're so healthy, you don't have any symptoms when I came out from that test, they said, we're sorry to say that you have three major blockages, 80%, and you're going to need a triple bypass surgery. This was in May, and we're going to transfer you to St. Joseph's Hospital immediately by ambulance. And I was like in shock. I was like, what? Can I just have one of those stents they talk about? And they're like, no, you're past that. So I did go in immediately, have the triple bypass, definitely slowed me down. Yeah. Um, and I do work way too many hours. I've been saying for months I need better work-life balance. And what I learned from that experience is I do have to have better work-life balance. I'm really still in recovery. It takes a long time I learned to recover from that type of surgery. Mm -hmm. um, I was grateful to have known about it so that I could deal with it. But you know what I learned is the value of the circle of friends I had, people mm -hmm. bringing meals, people checking on me, people still saying, Claire, you shouldn't be lifting that. You shouldn't be doing that. So I've had such a great support from my community of friends going through that experience and really felt that it's important for me to share my story so that other people might check out theirs as well. So a lot of people will call me and say, I went and had it done and mine's a zero. And I'm oh, like, yes, that's what you want is a zero score. Someone gave me a bicycle recently. I'm going to be riding a bicycle now. <laughs> I'm just like, people are trying to support me through that. And um, it's really made a big difference in my recovery, I think, to have that kind of support. Support. Thank God that you heard that and you went and asked if you can have the test because 80% blockage, um, you would have been in, in, the, in the office regardless. Um, My surgeon said you could have had a heart attack in two months or two years, but eventually you probably would have. He said you have very narrow arteries and you just need to know that's a part of your heredity. Hmm. So you don't always know. You hear these athletes that just drop dead on the basketball court, often it's the same thing. They just have that heredity and maybe weren't quite aware that they had more going on with their heart. So. Well, for those of you listening out there, uh, to reiterate that test, it was the calcium score scan. Thank you. I'll be talking to my parents about that. You mentioned the value of the circle of friends. And I heard recently, and I'm sure you've heard before, you are the sum of the five people that you hang around most or spend most of your time with. Uh, if you were to look at the five people that you spend most of your time with, um, would you say that the the value of your circle of friends is um, high? Absolutely. And their values are high. Their values are yes. high. Yes. Talk about the importance of surrounding yourself with quality interactions. I think that iron sharpens iron. And when you're with other people that are smarter than you, wiser than you, you learn from them. You need them to bring you up. Um, and I, to me, that's probably one of the most important things in life is to surround yourself with people who have more wisdom and knowledge than you and that can encourage you. Um, I love encouraging others myself, but I realize how much that means to me to have somebody encourage me in whatever I'm doing, you know. And so um, 
I value my friends a lot. Who would you say was um, someone that you thought highly of or was a mentor or influential to you? Maybe let's just say the past 25 years while you're developing the success of Spectra. I have to say my mom. Um, my, my father died at 42 of a heart attack, and my mom raised four children on her own. And um, quite a strong work ethic. Um, we all were high achievers. She really pushed us to motivate us, but um, also her example of service in the community herself and getting us involved in doing things like that. And um, hospitality is one of her gifts. And I love doing events and hosting things in my home and um, making other people feel welcome and that kind of thing. And I think she set that example for me. And uh, she probably doesn't realize the influence that she's had. I'm sure she does. Where is she now? Macon, Georgia. 90, uh, 90 years old, still working every day. She's really? amazing. Yes. How often do you make it to Macon? Oh, not often enough. Not often enough. <laughs> That's south, 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 yeah. right, of every, Georgia. Every two or three months. So. That's exciting. So I'm curious, what is one of your favorite memories looking back at your childhood? You were just speaking so fondly of your mother and your siblings. So looking back when Claire was a youngster... What do you think fondly about? I actually um, have so many fond memories, but holidays, Christmas in particular, we always decorated our home for every holiday. And uh, Christmas was special because it was a time to give back and give back in your community. And I have a lot of special memories of serving in the inner city in Macon, Georgia, and uh, helping people that really had very little and having that exposure at a young age, I Mm -hmm. think, made a difference for me and kind of set that pattern of service in my my life. So, are you a Rotarian? I am a Delusivitan. Is that is that? I'm unfamiliar with that. I know. So I should have we're listened a to the civic club, um, okay. as well. But I am familiar with the Rotary and Kiwanis clubs, and I love civic uh, service clubs. Yes. Well, you're you're scream all of all of the values and pillars of Rotary. Service above self is is yeah. the first and foremost. And like I said, you you uh, weave that into your life daily. I would like to play a game with you, Claire. Will you indulge me? Sure. Okay. She says apprehensively. You said lots of, of, of things earlier, and I wrote down some words, and I'm curious what they mean to you. So when you hear the word purpose, what does that mean to you? Purpose to me is um, passion related, but it's also something God gives you. I would agree. Grace. Um, understanding and um, giving. Tenacity. Strength. Powerhouse. Women. <laughs> oh, I love that. Thank you, Claire. So um, as we're rounding the end of our segment, I do want to give you an opportunity to share anything that's on your heart or your mind with our listeners. You know, you yourself have had great success um, navigating the waters of establishing your organization, being a parent, being a uh, contributor to the community. What is uh, something that you can share with our listeners to kind of help put them on the path to service or help kind of ignite that flame within them to go out and do? Oh, I love that because I think when we give to others, it brings joy to you. I mean, you're giving joy to others, but for me, that is the thing that brings me the most joy is when I'm giving to others. And I think it can change people's lives um, when they get outside of themselves. I think there's so much um, depression and anxiety in our community now. And if people would take time to just look for the smallest way that they can make a difference for another person, it could be a smile. It could be just saying hello to someone in the grocery store line. So it doesn't have to be 
a major act of service, like taking food to a food bank or um, taking a day to go volunteer at somebody's um, nonprofit, you know, events or whatever. But I do encourage people to get out. And that's a great way to build social connections as well. So you meet people when you volunteer and sometimes you make a connection there. And for those of you who might be a little bit more introverted, if you just go out and serve, you'll be doing something. So you won't necessarily have to socialize. You can just do, and then you can also just inadvertently make friends. Thanksgiving is coming up, Claire. I want to ask you, what is one of your favorite Thanksgiving dishes? Oh, I like the dressing. The dressing. Cornbread dressing, southern cornbread dressing. Now, is that the dressing that you make? Or My is mom makes it every year. Every year. I've never made it myself. She makes it every year. Well, who's going to carry on the recipe? So I guess I'm going to have to learn. I have to learn. I have to do the same thing. My favorite is my mom's stuffing, and I'm not southern, so I call it stuffing, not dressing. And although I've seen her make it a million times, I don't really know the quantities or, you know, I should start paying attention to that to recreate it. What is one of your favorite holiday traditions? Um, at Thanksgiving, going around the table and everybody telling something they're thankful for, or some highlight of the year that they're grateful for. I'd like to ask you right now to share something that you're grateful for. I am so grateful for the community that I live in here. What a supportive community we have here in Gwinnett County. And just looking at the Spectrum building and seeing where we are and all the many people that have helped get us there. I'm just so grateful. Claire, and give that website one more time for those listening who'd like to learn more. Spectrumautism.org. .org. All right. And I warned you before the segment. Now I would love for you to leave our listeners with some final words of wisdom. Just get out there and volunteer and serve. I mean, I think you kind of wrapped that up earlier, but um, I think that's something that can change everyone's life and bring you a little joy. And if you're looking for a place to serve, Claire can absolutely guide you in the right direction. Absolutely. Claire, thank you for joining us today. I have had such a wonderful time. For all of you out there listening who find value in this segment, we would love for you to uh, give us a five-star review. I listen on iTunes. Claire, where do you listen to podcasts? Uh, Spotify or iTunes, yes. Spotify, all right. And as you guys know, we are live every Friday at 1130, and you can always find these shows on businessradiox.com. I am your host, Amanda Pierce marmalejo and for our guest today, Claire, and for our um, producer, Dan, we will catch you next time on Celebrating Powerhouse Women on Business Radio X. Mm-hmm.